Welcome to the Tibbets and the Pearl podcast, episode three. Um, this is a special episode. Uh, Zach, Brandon, Jordan, nor I will be speaking in this episode uh, past this intro. Uh, it's a special story time episode uh, brought to you by the creative mind of Brady Muldrup uh, and some of his friends. Uh, it's a spaghetti western story. Uh, and so I'll just hop on into it. Uh, so without further ado, please enjoy the tale of the Leaky Utter. The year was 1860. The town, Moab, Utah. Trooper Sidewinder was a bobcat and a cowboy. He wore chaps and his favorite denim vest daily. He sat on the front porch of the White Lightning Saloon. Trooper spun his six-shooter in his left paw and sipped moonshine past the barley between his teeth. He reclined on a barrel, back paws propped up on the wooden table. He tilted his cowboy hat to protect his stunning blue eyes from the soaring afternoon sun. Bookcliff a 25-year-old horse stood behind the bar inside. As he wiped the counter with his unshoed hoof, he called through the French doors of the saloon. Another one, Mr. Sidewinder? Buckcliff, thousand times, it's just Trooper. Sorry, Mr. Sidewinder, sorry. Mr. Trooper, sir. This'll be all for me. I gotta keep my wits about me. Keep your wits, you say? Something tells me I'll be needing these wits. He turned his head down Main Street with the smoothness of a seasoned western rancher. He squinted his trustworthy eyes through the vivid, visible heat in the air toward the purple mesa in the distance. I got a feeling there's trouble afoot. His whiskers twitched. Bookcliff clopped through the double door. It swung closed and caught the end of his freshly cropped tail. He let out a mighty neigh. In the same instant, he instinctively kicked the left door straight off its hinges. The door flew through the saloon, smashing against a snoozing armadillo's head, throwing the armadillo onto the floor. Four empty glass tumblers fell and shattered next to him. The armadillo had been sent into a premature siesta due to the sheer amount of alcohol traipsing through his bloodstream. The saloon door... Bursting against his noggin could not even wake the inebriated critter. Nor did it wake the room full of patrons slumped in their drunken stupors throughout the bar. They simply sat, somewhere between sleep and wake. Bookcliff was overwhelmed with embarrassment. He hung his head. Why the long face, buddy? I'm sorry, boss. My tail just still so darn tender. I can't help kicking. What happened to that golden tail of yours, anyway? Mr. Redroof down the street was just working on something he called a fiddle. He said my hair would be perfect for the instrument's bow. Well, you've got a servant's heart, Buckcliff. Don't worry about the door. I'll take care of it. Buckcliff raised his long face and gave a hearty smile. Still shaking off his guilt, he grabbed Trooper's empty glass. I do appreciate it, sir. Just then, Trooper's ears perked up through the ear holes in his hat. It was as if his body knew something was up before his mind could register. 
He followed his ear's lead. He heard a faint rustle. Lord, I pray that's a tumbleweed. Sir, I was hoping to ask you about this moonshine stuff. I sure am thankful for this opportunity you've given me. Opportunities are few and far between these days. I hate to say it, but it just it don't feel right. These guys in here loaded up and can't even finish a complete sentence. Trooper lifted a single claw to his lips, silencing the horse. His bobcat fur stood on end, but body still calm as ever. He didn't want to admit it, but he was a hundred percent sure the rustle was the rattle of a snake. There was another rattle, and before that one ended, another began. Five or six rattles overlapped in a sadistic chorus. Trooper turned his easy, calculated head over his shoulder toward the single saloon door. The eerie rattle song came from inside the white lightning saloon. Trooper whispered to his friend, Stay here. He cocked the gun in his left paw and drew the claws on his right. He slowly took his hind paws off the table. The rattles deepened in pitch and raised in volume. It was undoubtedly Sally DuPont and her brood of outlaws. Buckcliff backed up against the hand-stripped pine banister. Trooper crouched on all fours just behind the door. He peered under the door past the freshly stirred cloud of dust. He cocked his body back like a spring ready to explode. His eyes dilated as he took a lightning flash assessment of the room. Four snakes. He sprung over the door and onto a snake on top of the bar. His claws pierced the viper, pinning its still struggling carcass into the wood. Sidewinder! With his other hand, he fired a single shot at the bandit headed for the door, straight through the heart. Slain! So long, world! Another shot blew Sally DuPont's rattle straight off. She dropped the cash from the register and slunk into a quivering coil atop the cash drawer. Trooper pounced from the bar to underneath a table across the room, finishing off the fourth who was making her escape, two jugs of moonshine in tow. Looks like I'm pushing up daisies. Trooper stood and sauntered toward the register, where Sally DuPont tried her best to keep her sinister little chin up. He raised his hand to remove the barley from his pursed lips. The simple motion sent the proud snake quaking. Sally DuPont, I know your face. They said you'd be making your way across Moab. Who said? My lovely wife has your poster. She's been looking for you. Big fan. Dead or alive, they say. Sally flashed her fangs. She let out a threatening, blood-curdling hiss. A hiss that would surely curdle anyone's blood, but not troopers. Well, will it be the former or the latter? You're as blind as they say, trooper sidewinder. You ought to lock a cellar door. A rattle rang out the door on Main Street, where the fifth serpentine outlaw slithered with two barrels of moonshine in tow. Trooper turned. Sally dropped her scaly body to the ground and darted for the door. Try hiring some competent help, sucker! Trooper cocked his six iron, 
replaced the barley to his mouth, and pulled his trigger with swift justice like he was rectifying original sin itself. The hammer dropped, and Sally was no more. The one surviving misanthrope sat stupefied and trembled like the vibration of a taut guitar string. She made a break for it. Her swift movement spooked the otherwise stunned Buckcliffe. His instinct took over, and with one swift kick, his rear leg launched the snake across the road where the wheel of a covered wagon finished the job. Okay, go, we got him. Smushed! Bury me six feet under! Trooper triumphantly bounded behind the bar and drew a burlap sack from the lowest shelf. Buckcliffe, old boy, wonderful work! I'll see that you get a piece of this reward money. Buckcliffe stood in disbelief. Had he just played part in a real-life gunfight? Good kicking, guy. That vipe almost made it away with some of our most precious stuff. Now go ahead and take those barrels back down, will you? He patted Buckcliffe on the shoulder as he headed out the door. Then... He looked him dead in the eyes. You be sure to stick them in the cold corner. Buckcliffe collected the moonshine barrels from the street, wondering why these couple barrels of moonshine had to be kept cold. Trooper headed for the county sheriff to collect the bounty from his assassination. Once Buckcliffe lugged the barrels to the cellar, he blew off the street dust. <laughs> it puffed up and clouded in his face, prompting a neigh. <laughs> the dust settled, into the indentation of four letters carved into the lid. The contrast of color, coupled with the sliver of light from the cracked door, caught Buckcliffe's eye. He read the word. M-I-L-K. Buckcliffe locked his four knees and fainted right there on the cold cellar floor. <laughs> Meanwhile, sack over his shoulder, Trooper moved down Main Street with such celebratory ease and grace it appeared choreographed. He heard two separate windows slide open and looked up. The pristine white mansion right in the middle of the dusty town was a diamond in the rough, to say the least. The two wealthy, widowed, twin lizard sisters, Hissy and Ponderosa LaSalle, stretched their heads out of their second-story windows and lovingly catcalled at the bobcat gunslinger. Trooper was caught, as he always was, by the ladies' fine threads. They only wore the finest things. They owned the building that Trooper operated. But they were not just his landladies. They were landlady to the whole of Moab. Hissy waved her silk blue bonnet and caught Ponderosa's attention. There goes Sidewinder. How you doing, baby? Ponderosa yelled. Trooper raised the bag in boyish triumph. The brood of outlaws, Sally DuPont and all. Look at that boy move. Go get a bounty, baby. You deserve it. They whispered to each other. Oh, his wife gonna be proud. Hissy quickly caught an unlucky fly in her mouth. She sat back and munched, took a sip from her mug, and said to her sister, Oh, jealous. She's been looking for that rally woman for months. Oh, hush up. You're the jealous one. You shush up. I got everything in Moab and nothing to be jealous of. Mm-hmm. Well, I gotta get ready. I got a date tonight with a wonderfully wise man. Trooper knocked on the door of the county jail, ready to show his buddy his treasure and collect the reward. Hey, Bud Lock, you'll never believe this. He leaned against the pine porch pillar and casually crossed his legs. 
He tossed the barley around his teeth. One moment. Trooper cocked his head at the unfamiliar voice. All of a sudden, Prudence Hooter Outback, a strapping 30-year-old owl, swooped out through the bars of the door. The golden spurs on his boots clanked as he landed on the doorknob. His golden badge glistened, as did his two silver pistols. Trooper extended a cordial hand. Hooter adjusted his round spectacles and looked into Trooper's crystal eyes. Who are you? As Paul met Wing for a handshake, Trooper leaned in to read the badge on his duster. State Sheriff. Trooper Sidewinder. Trooper straightened his body and doused his voice in his natural respect for authority. I live in the rock pile just outside of Moab. Longtime rancher and cattle farmer. I also own and operate the White Lightning Saloon just down there. Great to meet you, Trooper. Always glad to meet the acquaintance of a stand-up moonshiner like yourself. I hear you're the one keeping this country nice and wet. Kahootos. Hooter straightened himself with the proud dignity natural to a man of the law and placed the tips of his wings on his belt. I'm just in town here a couple of days. We gave Budlock a little vacation for his duration. Hooter pulled his glasses down to his beak and gave a nod of acknowledgement to the burlap slung over the bobcat's shoulder. Oh, Sally DuPont and her outlaw brood. Trooper pointed to the wanted poster plastered next to the jailhouse door. You don't say. Are you a lawman too? No, 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 no. This is usually my wife's line of work. But hey, the opportunity presented itself. A bounty hunter and a, a bootlegger. You are an upstanding citizen, Sidewinder. I appreciate you saying so. Did, did you suggest your wife is a bounty hunter? Finest mercenary west of the Mississippi. Margarita Sidewinder, love of my life. Hooter widened his circular yellow eyes, cocked his head back. Trooper did not notice the reaction. His focus was on the bag of gold being drawn from the owl's jacket pocket. Hooter removed his glasses to count out the allotted reward and pass the money to Trooper. You're here for a few more days, you say? What brings you to Moab? Trooper dropped the gold coins in his denim vest pocket. Yes, sir. We got new evidence to reopen the Goldsmith and Rushmore case. You don't say. What a tragedy and heartbreak that was. The town will never forget it. We're working on naming the railroad after them. Trooper's childlike charm took over at the idea of cultivating a new friend. Tell you what, Margarita and I would love to have you over for dinner tonight before you fly off. Hooter pulled out his pocket watch. He got momentarily bashful. I've actually got a date tonight. Trooper showed his teeth in an excitedly approving smile. Tomorrow, then. You know, that could be great. Trooper spun and sauntered off the porch. He essentially glided down the road toward the fiery sunset which silhouetted the distant canyons. He spun his gun and flipped his coins, singing on his way home to his wife. Hooter waited until Trooper was out of sight. Then swooped fast inside. He pulled a small charcoal pencil from behind his ear and put it to his personal stationery. He scratched out a report to the higher government. He could not believe that he was about to rendezvous with the one and only Margarita Sidewinder.